Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter oh, yeah. the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. Yeah. I'm jet propelled at all times. <laughs> How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example, and this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Hey everybody, welcome to The Session. Here we are, it's another Monday night and we're chatting with a bunch of craft beer people today. Actually, we have two guests today. Number one, we have a brewery, Transplants Brewing. Um, but before that, I wanted to get on Jared Veld here, who is a former NFL football player. I don't know why I said NFL football player, that's like, uh, you know... Whatever it happened. Yeah, it could have, could have been like a former NFL trainer or something. <laughs> yeah, like former NFL. Yeah. Former sports guy. <laughs> yeah. Here's the sports man. Uh, he's a former uh, former NFLer turned uh, home brewer, turned craft beer lover, turned podcaster. So, Jared, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Before we get to everything, the, the podcast is called the Jared Veldbeer podcast, which is a very clever play on your on your last name. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was, it was almost like it was set up for it. You know, yeah. it what, what rhymes with beer? Well, my last name kind of, so. Yeah. It well, works out, man. Uh, real yeah, it got a little, little hanging fruit there, you know, I just but, had to take it. Well, you know what? The, the thing I appreciate about it is that you basically just say that in the description of your show. It's like, you see what yeah. I did there? I, you know, yeah. really clever. And that's, I think that, that makes it okay. Yes. That makes yeah, it just make fine. Fun of, yeah. Make fun of it before the other people can. Yeah. That's the major key there. Yes, exactly right. Exactly right. So people built careers off of that. Let me tell you, they're sitting in this room. Before we get started into uh, into the pod, what teams have you played for, man? So I actually started out, I was drafted in 2010 by the Raiders. So I oh. was uh, out there in the Bay Area for uh, for four years. Nice. And then signed with the Cardinals 
played uh, played there in Arizona for four years and then a year in Denver. And then I retired and came out of retirement, played for the Packers for a little bit towards the end of the year in the playoffs two years ago, retired again, <laughs> and then had another former coach call me in December needing some help. So I played a little bit for the Colts last year as well. Oh, wow. Look at you, dude. Three-time out-of-retirement guy. Yeah, you know, you, you never say never at this point. So I think so, man. Is that That's like... Uh... You know, who's the guy that always used to threaten to retirement? Uh, Roethlisberger? Wasn't always like, oh, it's my last year. I don't know, man. And then he just every, <laughs> yeah. he just keep going and going and going. I guess he's I spent on like he's been on like six last years. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I guess that's sort of I don't know. You get the 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 hunger for it or you don't want to leave it. Or how is that retiring and then coming back? Is it harder? Yeah. And I, well, and I feel like it's way better. Like, cause huh. in my head, like I was done, like it was yeah. great. I was at home, you know, spending time with my family, brewing a lot of beers, doing things that I like to do. Yeah. And I, you know, enjoy working out. So I just kept doing kind of the same stuff that I had been doing. And so I got to the point to where it was around Thanksgiving and teams, you know, needed offensive linemen. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, you know what, I'm feeling pretty decent and I'm in okay, you know, shape um, to <laughs> see if anyone needs some help. So Teams need offensive linemen. I think that's I. I don't really think of like professional teams just hurting for people, but apparently, yeah. that, and I mean hurting. Maybe that's a little bit uh, you know. Yeah, no, no, but, it's a great it's a great way to put it because oh, really? you get late in the season and dude, teams are so beat up. Like they literally are hurt. Like they're hurting. Like they're bleeding out, oh. the, especially on the line position because it's a. It's, I mean, it's weird. You, you call like receivers and yeah. You know, you know, DBs, quarterbacks, skill players, but you teach yeah. somebody how to pass block. Good luck. Like that is, that yes. is a skill that you have to, to hone in on. Cause it's really unnatural. You know, it's not running and catching a ball. It's different. Yeah, it is. And I, I think, I mean, this is, goes without saying, but you guys probably get the most abuse on the team just f- physically. I mean, you, you are yeah. the physical force on the team. Yeah, One definitely. Them, and definitely the most mental abuse as well. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're catching flack. You know, you're, you're catching the first line of bullets for sure. No matter what in the press, it that doesn't matter. So you get pretty used to taking a beating all the way around. Cause it's your fault. Any loss is your fault. No doubt. Yeah. Any, win, play better. any win is on the quarterback and then maybe like yep. the, the, the wide receivers or something like that. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, look, I, I get it. I guess I get it. You know, it's, it's you don't really look at it as a skilled, a skilled, um, uh, you know, uh, having a lot of skill because you just get in the way. But uh, but you're still reading lines. You're still doing all that kind of stuff. Probably trash talking everyone in line two before the snap. All that yeah, kind of I actually stuff. found like when it, like coming out of retirement, I was much more apt to trash talk. Like I never really talked much when like okay. <laughs> during my normal playing career. But then like being done, and then all of a sudden like having bonus rounds, like <laughs> like you know being back out there when I thought I was never going to play again. I'm like, man, I'm, this is great. I'm going to talk some shit. Like, it's your extra is, life, dude. You know, Let's go. Yeah. yeah hell yeah, like, dude. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with this. And by the third time you're just doxing everyone online, it's uh, I don't know. It's a whole <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Well, so tell me, man, what time did you, in your career, did you get started in homebrewing? Was it after you retired? It sounds like you were actively homebrewing while you were yeah. working. So I was out, I was, I was out in Oakland with the Raiders and I think it was like my second year. Uh, we had the O-line gift exchange coming up. And I put a homebrew kit in and, uh, you know, I had my eye on it. I was hoping to walk away with it and no one else bit on it. So I, I, I took it home with me back to Michigan during the off season, started uh, brewing actually in my garage in, in Michigan. You know, I didn't have wow. the nice basement brewery I have now. It's a different <laughs> yeah, house, but, right. uh, 
But yeah, got started with it. You know, it's a super basic brew kit. Well, I guess it was like, uh, you know, your, your brew bucket kit brewing from extract, but it had like the, uh, had like the kegging, the basic kegging kit as well. Oh yeah. That's how I was able to meet the, the O-line minimum for the, for the gift exchange. <laughs> but okay. yeah, yeah, just, uh, just kind of fell in love with it. Nice. And, uh, you know, it taught me a lot about beer and, you know, kind of just grew my love for, for all things beer from there. That's excellent. That's excellent. So when you're when you're on the road, are you are you having to like time your your brews? Are you uh, on the bus ride to the stadium? Are you like thinking about the recipes or how into it did you did you get? Yeah, it was like it was pretty much like an off season thing. Uh, most of the time, like as soon as the season was done, it's like okay, it's time to brew some beer. Uh, <laughs> nice. And then I, there was a few times where I I missed some time being hurt, and it's yeah. a, I mean that was such a like saving grace mentally to be able to you know go home and, and brew some beer after doing, you know, some rehab treatments, that kind of stuff just keep kept me sane. And then uh, it was also nice to take away some of the pain uh, when you have some, <laughs> some good beer on tap. Yeah, I'm out my, I don't know, my knee is, bl- I'm going to brew a scotch ale and just kind of hang out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, that is like a, a, a big part of the, you know, off the field, you know, in, especially in football is that mental aspect of it. It's a hard, yeah. it's a mentally hard game. And I imagine if you've been training for, I mean, how long were you playing before, you know, the NFL 15 years, I, you know, something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Since I've been like fifth grade. Okay. So. Yeah. So you, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. And then you stop, you can't do the thing you want to do. It's not like retirement. You're forced out because of injury or whatever. That's gotta, that's gotta suck. But I'm glad yeah, yeah. beer was there. Whenever for you me. get dinged up and put on injured reserve, it's yeah, it's no good mentally because you feel like you're like, hey, I'm not out there. I'm kind of useless, letting everybody down type of thing. <laughs> better go brew. Better go brew some beer to take my mind off this. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if your team, you know, if if you if you win and you're on the injured reserve, I still give my nephew played a high school ball, and I still give him shit because his team won. Uh, I don't know state or they won a championship or something like that. But he was injured like the entire season, and uh, it just I just like to rile him up about it. <laughs> oh yeah it's like oh they I'm sure, you're why they I'm won sure probably he, i'm sure he really i'm sure he really appreciates it. he really does he's a he's a <laughs> once he gets out of the asylum he's a well-rounded individual yeah and he has you to thank for it yeah were you into craft beer before the homebrewing aspect of it uh yeah a little bit you know uh growing up in west michigan uh you know, bells isn't too far away founders is, is there you go about 10 minutes from my house here um and so there was definitely craft beer on the, on the shelves, you know, at the liquor store, you know, when I was in college, you know, didn't really have quite the budget to be able to spring for, you know, a, a sixer of whatever, uh, you know, wasn't like natty light at the time. But, you know, sure. when, when I could get my hands on like some Oberon or, uh, you know, something else, you know, along the lines of that, like that was like special occasion stuff. And oh, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like, you know, it, it was different sipping that beer, you know, it wasn't you know, to warm up for a few games of beer pong, it was, <laughs> yeah. you know, really being present with this beer. Like, what do they put in? Like, how did they, how did they make this? And I was a biology guy in okay. college. I too, I went the, the pre-med route and all that good stuff. So, wow. you know, I've been in, been in the lab and, and I've gone through like organic chemistry, all that stuff. So I really, you know, was curious, you know, what made this beer so different from the crap that I was, you know, always drinking. And, <laughs> sure. you know, that curiosity kind of came to manifest a few years later. Yeah. I like that, uh, that, that comparison of, you know, you got, you got beer pong beer and then this special occasion beer. It's like, what am I going to drink to haze everybody? It's going to be the natty light. But if I want to, you know, have a nice uh, meal or, or have a good time or relax or whatever, 
you know, these other beers, uh, you know, kind of get it. And how was how was finding craft beer traveling around? Did you have much time when you were traveling in the NFL to go out and do craft beers or like, uh, I don't know, go to different breweries on an off day or something like that? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, you know, I've made some some really good relationship with some some brewers from different cities that I played in, especially when I was in Arizona mm. uh, and even the Bay Area. Um, you know, it was really able to, you know, get some good relationships with, with different people in the industry. And there was, there was a guy on, on our team in Arizona and he was like the go-to find the best craft beer in the city that we were playing. Oh, and nice. I had, I, I was able to be nice. I like, I, I could be super lazy. Like I knew that Earl was going to bring back a haul of just <laughs> gems. And as soon as we got on the bus after that game, winner loss, he was going to have some great stuff to crack open. Oh, that's good. Uh, Earl's a champ. Sounds like. Did. Yeah. Earl's a good guy. Shout out to Earl. If you're listening, appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. More than you know, man. So when you're, when you're done and you're retired now for the third time, it sounds like why, why podcasting? What, what drew uh, you to that? Yeah. So great question. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I got a six year old, a four year old, um, you know, I, I work in a school kitchen making lunch every day for, for the school nice. and, uh, just, through all, you know, my daily life, it's, it's hard to like talk to anybody about beer. And, you know, I really like beer. I have a love for beer and it's, there's no one to really talk to about it. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, I enjoy talking to, you know, people who have really had success in the craft beer world. And then on top of that, you know, talking to people that are doing at a high level, it's, you know, on some level inspirational for me, just, you know, it's like, hi, uh, will you do a Ted talk for me on my show on how you've been able to make it in an industry where it's, you know, very hard to solidify yourself as, uh, you know, some, some world-class brewer. Um, so it's really cool. It's, you know, it's an honor being able to talk to those guys and, uh, you know, some of them send, send some beer my way that I'm able to crack open and enjoy during that show. And it's just kind of a nice, uh, you know, beer fellowship moment that I don't get anywhere else. So selfishly for me, it's great. It scratches that itch. And then, uh, you know, at the same time, able to you know record that conversation and throw it out there. I mean, this is, I feel like it's, it's so easy if the, you know, we've gone through one thing during the pandemic, it's like, well, you can pretty much get on front of a screen, talk to anybody, record it and, and throw it out there. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, and, you know, finding people is, is easy too, because, you know, the craft beer and of course, you know, we mean easy as in like, it's, there's a lot of access. Yes, craft, there's access. Craft, Cause it's, it's very hard at the same time, but craft beer people are really excited to talk about what they're doing and not only just, you know, for self-promotion, which there is a lot of that, but it is also, we're really passionate about this project. And I think that's what sort of turns people sour when like big beers or, you know, larger craft breweries sell to other, you know, mm-hmm. AB or whatever. It's like, oh, but I bought into the craft beer dream with you. You know what I mean? But yeah. building that and, and, and you know, figuring out how to survive, especially through COVID, especially now. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I mean, that's, that's a perfect, uh, perfect topics to talk about on a show because, you know, you won't get that anywhere else unless you live through it and then survive enough to tell someone else about it. Right. It's a cool thing. Yeah. Is there one piece of advice that you've learned maybe from your last shows? You've done uh, what about nine shows, 10 shows, something like that. Yeah, I think we have, we have 10 out and I think we've done like 16 total. Um, oh, wow. Okay. You got some on the back burner. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. We got some in the barrel. Nice. Um, you know, things that I've learned, there's uh, the, the people who I've talked to who are doing it at really the highest level 
and have had a lot of success that have been around, you know, for more than a couple of years, yeah. uh, are, are some of the most, you know, passionate people still involved, you know, they don't seem like they're getting bored with it. Uh, and then you can see on, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, there, there's, there's been a, a couple times where, you know, it's been some, some big breweries, but you can kind of tell that it's kind of, you know, for, for the founder of the brewery or, uh, and it, it is pretty much, you know, the founder, you know, they're stepping down, they're decreasing their role. The enthusiasm is quite not as, and, and, mm. and it's just stark, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, and it, it just becomes apparent within like the first two minutes of talking to them. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's awesome. I, you know, it's hard for me not to talk about, I feel like we're talking about hops and lagers, hops and lagers dominate <laughs> conversation. Like, yeah, and they should. You know, I want to hear about the, I want to hear about the hops and brewers love lagers. Yeah. Brewers love talking about lagers. It's like, you know, it's the quest to brew the perfect, gentle, nuanced beer. That is, you know, one of the most difficult styles to brew. You know, a lot of people don't, don't know that, that haven't brewed. And, uh, you know, a brewer, it's so funny talking to all these brewers, you know, brewers don't want to sit back and have a bunch of 9% IPAs all the time. Mm. You know, they, they like, they like good hops. They like good hoppy beers, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's something that, that goes down smooth and, you know, has been really, really skillfully crafted uh, because those are difficult beers to do. Those are kind of my two biggest takeaways. Nice. Yeah. That makes sense, man. That makes sense. Well, that's cool, man. You can get on Apple Podcasts, the Jared Veldbeer Podcast. It sounds like you have some more eps coming out, and that's uh, that'll be good, man. I wish you all the best. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Jared, keep homebrewing, man. Don't stop. Looks like you got a great setup back there. You can't afford to stop. You said you you know, you know have another basement. You have a, a brewing basement, a true dedicated space. Not many people have it, so uh, use the hell out of it for all of us. Yes. No. And as a, as, as a quick little quip, yeah. I just, uh, I always, I always laugh because, uh, you know, one of my first homebrew shops that I went to, uh, and I still buy from them online is more beer. There you those, go. Those guys are great. I nice. know you guys love more beer. I yes. love more beer. And, uh, you know, I've thought that that's uh, a little bit of a, uh, a spot that, uh, we can, you know, kind of overset or, you know, overlap in our Venn diagram of beer worlds. <laughs> Absolutely, man. More beer is the greatest. Absolutely. Everything you need. Go to morebeer.com today. <laughs> right now. Yeah. Right deal now. Of the day. What's the deal of the day at more beer right now? Probably oh, something good, man. You know, the best part of one of, one of the best parts of working there when we started the deal of the day is loading that thing up for like the week. It's just fun. I don't know. You know, as a home brewer, you're like, Oh, what can I sort of help other people sort of get into? Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Anyway, Jared, thanks a lot, man. We'll let you split. Yeah, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, hang on. Let me take a quick break, and I'll I'll say a proper goodbye. Uh, Hang on, everyone. It's the session. We're going to be right back with Transplants Brewing Company, uh, the Antelope Valley, California. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. It's time to talk beer and chew bubble gum. And we're all out of gum. The session. All right. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are here with today's guest, Transplants Brewing Company. We have Sarah and Matt on the phone. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks so much for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for the beer. We got a bunch of crowlers and a couple bottles, which I'm always very excited about. Uh, but more importantly, there's a pale ale staring at me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and open the pale ale. But uh, why don't you guys tell me a little bit about how you got into homebrewing? Because you were homebrewers first, right? Yeah. 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 In the first place, I guess we just... Uh, it was something we found as like a, a married couple's activity to do together, which I guess 
I love it was them. a good connection we could have. And it, yeah. it seemed to be the opposite of the way a lot of other people work where it's like, Oh, my, my wife won't let me buy the brewing stuff. We got to mm-hmm. do other things. Yeah, uh, dude. Or I, I'm like hiding from my family in the garage for six <laughs> hours. It's daddy's time. <laughs> Meanwhile, back when I had like, you know, a different job, she, she'd like text me at work and be like, I found a Coke fridge. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to get it over to our place. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll pay for it. Like she'd, she'd find weird upgrades and stuff and always be thinking of ideas and in, innovating. So we just kind of, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of went at, with at it. Some point, at some point, uh, our artist Brandon Singleton, he uh, did a logo for us, and a lot of people just kind of assumed that we were starting a brewery at that point because it looked pretty legit, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and we just kind of we came up with the right people at the right time. Like we didn't yeah. really set out to do that. We were just drinking. Uh, <laughs> well, it's I mean that's funny because you know a lot of people will a lot of homebrewers will have a logo or at least their name stylized in a certain way. Or whatever, you know, to put on labels. Uh, but people, it, it sounds like they took the quality of your homebrew along with that, you know, sort of red flag. Like, oh, maybe they're opening a brewery and they don't want to say anything or whatever. I feel like <laughs> it's a good compliment is, I guess, what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we just kind of yeah. went with it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> are you guys opening a brewery? Yes. Probably, Maybe. How long had you been homebrewing until until that point where you were actually really starting to talk about opening a brewery? Uh, we brewed in our kitchen for the first time in summer of 2012 and had a lease on our current place that we're at in fall of 2014. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're... Yeah, don't do that. Crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Don't do that. That's crazy. Because we were brewing every weekend. We did it as much as we could and we were really into it, but uh, that was insane. And I don't, I don't know how we got here, but <laughs> it's been fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I hope so, but also that's, that's wild that it's been fun. <laughs> I mean, those are stories that you hear about in like the late nineties where people go, Oh yeah, I brewed a few and I'm going to open a brewery. And it's always like, yeah. why that's very dangerous to do. And back then when there weren't a whole lot of breweries, but now there's a ton and you still did it. And it, I mean, obviously it's a success. You're still going, you're, you've, you're expanding, you're doing a whole bunch of cool stuff that I want to get to. Um, yeah, and I didn't even really believe it would happen for a while. Sarah and our other business partner, we, we're half of the ownership here. Okay. And, uh, Corey Cordovano and uh, Jim Kazar are other two owners here. And Sarah and Corey really kind of took the lead with like finding a place and figuring out how all the things were going to happen. I, I didn't believe it for the longest time. And I'm like, wow, we're actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay. you had a place. yeah. I was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, especially because you're probably going, uh, oh, keys. Oh, uh, what? I need an alarm code. Like what is happening right now? We haven't even been <laughs> brewing that long. That's got to throw you. So how long until you were actually open? What was that time frame like? Uh, it took us like a year and a half. So it was like January okay. of 2016 that we finally got open. So it's been almost six years now. Wow. Okay. And you guys are in Palmdale, California. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is right outside Lancaster. We have a couple friends in Lancaster. Actually, Bravery is going to be on the show next week. Oh, cool. great. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of neat. Yeah. They um, helped us get open in the first place. Excellent. Nice. Yeah, that's very cool. I like that spot. How is the Antelope Valley as far as craft beer scene? I mean, I know there's a couple breweries now. Um, are people still sort of, uh, I don't know, broadening their horizons as far as beer? Or is it like a hardened beer culture that just is now finally getting some breweries to support it? Does that make uh, sense? No, I think everyone's interested yeah. in beer up here. Uh, we kind of 
draw outside the lines a little bit. So mm-hmm. we're always trying to offer people something different. Like our, we're always trying to do what everyone isn't doing. So I feel like when people are looking for something new, that's always something we want to be able to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's so. good. I like that very much. What kind of a system do you guys have? What size, what size system you'd run in? Uh, it's a 10 barrel system. 10 barrels. We have uh, six, 10 barrel fermenters and two brights. Okay. Very good. That's a, that's a reasonable size. Yeah. Were you concerned that maybe it was too big? I mean, that, that would be my concern opening a brewery, you know, having gone from stovetop to brewing platform <laughs> going, I don't, this is a lot of, this is a lot of beer. How did you figure out that that was the right size for you? Yeah. Or was uh, it that? I mean, it could, we got as much as we could afford. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, realistically, it, though. <laughs> okay, so there wasn't really, like, in my mind, I go, there's math involved. There's a calculation, <laughs> but it sounds like you just were like, the checkbook says this, and we can do this now. We did as, we did as big as we could. I mean, we knew, yeah. the, like, the numbers in doing, like, three or yeah. even seven, like, wasn't enough to kind of make it work, but we, we figured with 10, we can make it work. But yeah. now we're at the point where we're kind of crunched, where we need to, to up things. Uh, so, yeah figure it out, solve some problems. <laughs> yeah. But, so another interesting thing that's happened too, like uh, we just started doing live concerts here like six months ago. So yeah, I, I, mean, I still, we both still help out with stuff, but we've actually been able to step away and have someone else lead our brew house. Uh, so Anthony Valadares is now our head brewer. And that's kind of an interesting story because when we first got the, the space next door, which we were originally using for an event space, we hired him to clean the floors and he always found extra stuff to do or a better way to do things. And we clicked to the point where he wanted to learn everything and he did. And now he knows how he learned from the bottom up here and brews all the beer and it's, it's delicious. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so I noticed that you have a, uh, that you have an event space because along with all the beer you sent and the cool stickers and which we'll get to all that. Um, there's a flyer with like past shows that you guys have had. You had Agent Orange play at your brewery. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. That is fucking that I I mean I saw them back in like 2001 or something like that and it was just the raddest show. Yeah, the Loonies for God's sakes. That was just recently I think, right? Or is that Loonies No, is that's Friday. T- that's Friday, yeah. Yeah. So I mean <laughs> things escalated quickly with yeah. that. We've always wanted to do the live music thing. Our, I met my uh, the artist that did our logo because he was originally doing posters for my band. So we've always wanted to do music stuff. Uh, but I don't know. There's there's a gap of places to do live music between like L.A. and Vegas or Fresno or whatever. And anyone mm. around here, all it is is like cover bands and stuff like that. And, you know, we we've got these original crazy beers. We've got these, this original crazy artwork here and we need some original crazy music. We can't just have cover bands here. So <laughs> yeah. piss some people off with that one. Cause it's like, no, we're just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And someone wants to put a cover in their set. That's great. But that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, how do you go from like agent orange to the, to loonies? I mean, I feel like that's such a broad, a broad <laughs> flavor spectrum, right? I mean, you can sort of apply it to, to beer, but I guess, I mean, <sighs> What am I trying to say? How do you know what the locals are going to be into? Or do you care? You're just doing those. It. Uh, some of the shows, uh, like we have a booking manager that's helping us out here. Uh, okay. Like a punch productions. Uh, his name is Jaime Contreras. And those, both of those shows, uh, agent orange and loonies he brought here. He's, he's the expert on like old school punk and hip hop. Uh, and has been doing the stuff around here for a while. So 
just to be able to partner with someone and help uplift the music scene around here or just, you know, be the place that cares and really, you know, wants to make things better. Like it's, it's been great to connect and be able to work on, on these things together. And, I mean, you had Reagan youth on a Tuesday, like what the fuck is going on, dude? This is like my entire like teenage years, just, you know, sort of rolled into a brewery space. And, well, I, and there's a few that just got announced too. like next year, uh, get dead and Seshi's coming and, uh, Radolescence and Lewis Idol. Uh, I think that's all that's out there so far. But. God, what a weird, that's on the punk front. Yeah. But again, it's it's uh-huh. it's sort of a weird uh, assemblage of of styles. But I guess for a true music venue, you have to be. You're not just. It's rare that you're going to find like we're just a punk club or we're just a metal club or we're just a hip hop club. You gotta you gotta be everything to everybody on that front. You can't really be everything to everybody on the beer front necessarily. But you can try real hard. You know what I mean? It's there's well, there's not that many places that you can just go. I'm I'm focused on one thing only. In both cases, you got to have something for everyone. I mean, we can't just have the same show like every night of the week because that crowd's going to be burnt out, and we're not going to have the same drinkers in here all the time. Yeah. Uh, so for us, though, I mean, the kind of music that we've brought that we really enjoy. Uh, it's I don't know, stoner rock, space rock. Uh, to that end, we actually brought stoner, which is like half of Caius, like Alan Johannes uh, from Queens of the Stone Age in 11. He was here. Spirit in the Room was great. This past week, uh, Mike Dillon and Punkadelic was here. Shiner's coming. Those are all the bands that we listen to. And it's crazy okay. to like have listened to, to artists for like two, three decades. And I send them a message on Instagram. They're like, sure, I'll come. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, man. Like on, on my other side, on my, uh, my Disney podcast, which is earsuppodcast.com, um, I got a message from someone representing Josh Freeze from like the Vandals oh, and awesome. shit. And it, apparently his dad was one, like one of the longtime band leaders at the Disneyland band. And he's like a big Disneyland head. So I'm trying to book him. And I had the same experience. I was telling this, this lady, I was like, I, I don't really know what to do with myself right now. Cause I just want to talk to him about music, but I don't think anybody else is going to care. It's a trip as we age, everyone ages with us. And we don't, I guess we don't really, for me, I didn't really think that that happened. You know, I just think of, of Josh Freeze is like the 20 year old in the Vandals. It's a trip. Yes. <laughs> Interrelated to beer. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's been interesting running a venue and having beer too, because it's really pushing us to do lower gravity stuff. Like even having oh, like wow. a seven or 8% IPA in here is just ridiculous. Like we're, we're just going sessionable stuff. And our, like the huh. number one thing is just uh, like a uh, less than 5% lager that we have here uh, just because everyone wants basic beer. So now we're trying to like, cool let's have a mexican lager and a and a half and a wit and just huh. you know, try to push all sorts of stuff like lower that's uh, that is really interesting yeah. that that's a cool that's cool it's a cool driver i think because a lot of times you would probably go well what does the crowd want what is what do the customers want we got to try to blend this thing but the music venue uh, yeah i mean i imagine that people are pretty much you know focused on lower abv beers that you can have a couple and still be able to drive home after a show it's different than sitting down and tasting craft beer yeah. we want them to be standing for you know three four bands and be able to <laughs> still get another beer <laughs> <laughs> are people still like running pits and stuff in your place or is there like a no pit yeah. no moshing policy yeah, for, well for agent orange and casualties it's ridiculous i mean it, it's been a really cool uh like culture damn. where everyone watches out for each other yeah uh, there's even yes. been like we're all ages so it's like people bring their kids in the mosh pit uh 
and we try to make it so people can't climb up the stairs and dive off the stage. So I guess that keeps, you know, the young, the old, or the out of shape off of, which shouldn't be diving, but anyone else just climbs up the front. And it's like, at a certain point, I give up. I mean, someone was saying online, like, I think everyone at the casualty show jumped off the stage. And I'm like, yeah, probably. I don't, I don't even know what to do. They caught him, though. They caught him. It was fine. Just lemmings. Just keep going over, man. Uh-huh, just see him, see him fly off. That's cool. Yeah. And, and the fact that it's all ages, that's really great, too. Like, I want to bring my kid to, to like, Gilman um, and see a show at one point just to, like, relive my youth with her. But she'll probably hate it. Um, but it is, it is, it's nice that you have a space that parents can do that. Anyway, I don't know. I like this pale ale, man. Tell me about patches, a pale ale, please. Well, it's just, we just kind of made a classic pale ale. Um, but it, the, the name is after we have a brew cat that, (laughs) that we, uh, got this summer. Uh, her name is patches. She's beautiful (laughs) and everybody (laughs) loves her. And we wanted to name a beer after her. We were already coming up like, well, we want to do a pale ale. Mm -hmm. Um, and why not patches pale ale, you know, <laughs> and it's kind of her color a little bit. too. I, I could talk to the beer concept a little bit, though. Yeah. What I was going for on this, this is what I drink all the time now. I needed something hoppy that I could, you know, drink a bunch of and, you know, still have a little backbone, more, more backbone than normal to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was trying to do something halfway between Sierra Nevada pale ale and uh, Russian River wrote to Hill 56. So it's like Simcoe Cascade. I think there's. <laughs> I think there's a bag of C30 and a half a bag of brew malt in here, which is a little bit of color. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think it's just like Great Western Superior Pilsen. Uh, oh, really? Pilsner malt? Yeah. Okay. I think, I think that's, let, actually, let me check really quick. Yeah, do it. Because if you're wrong, Matt, I swear to God, everyone's <laughs> I'm probably going to be wrong, but I, I got it in front of me. <laughs> oh, no, no. We use, we use two row in that one. It's, okay. Uh, yeah. See? Yeah. It's, it's only Great Western two row. You're off. Sarah and I are talking from now on. on. You can't... Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, at first I was like, well, with all the music stuff, I wonder if Patches was like a like a Deadbolt reference. I don't know if you know the Deadbolt band, but... Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I asked them to play here. I want them here. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I hit up Deadbolt. <laughs> fucking love that band so much. Okay, this is, this is too much. Um, Patches, you know, it's funny because you were mentioning uh, it's sort of like Sierra Nevada Pela and, and Road to Hill 56 or whatever. And, and as you're right before you're saying that, I'm going, this is very Sierra Nevada Pela esque But... The the hot bitterness is a little wider in flavor range and a little more floral, all, semi-tropical, I guess, but not really. You know, I don't know. But the body is definitely there. You have a really good body. And I I, I like this new wave of of like old old school IPA or old school pale ales. I think pales are starting to like come back from the single malt, you know, only two row and a bunch of overly used hops or a bunch of, uh, you know, high alpha hops or just load it with bitterness. They're coming back, I think, to like this sort of, let's put some crystal malt back in a pale ale, for God's sakes. I like this beer a lot. There's a, It's a lot of good mouthfeel to it. Very, very uh, robust, I guess. Um, but that bitterness is there, and the way you're doing the, the hops is great. The, the, the hop flavor is awesome. This Appreciate is great. Cheers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cheers. Yeah, I like that a lot. And it's four percent, four point five percent. Yeah, it, I, I would never have never have guessed that. I love it even more now. A sub five percent pale. See, I think that's that's what more people need to be doing. To be honest with you, I like a pale ale lower. I I could drink this all day. Now I know why you're drinking it all the time. <laughs> and you sent the crowler showing up the uh, the the crowler can art. I love the the labels, man. And you guys sent some stickers. My kid loves the stickers. 
<laughs> Hopefully she's not putting them on things that she's not supposed to, but uh, <laughs> do you have little stories behind these, these little characters or are they just kind of funky? Some of them are uh, funky from things. different beers, but it's just the imagination okay. of Brandon. Yeah. It just came out of <laughs> nice. Brandon's brain. <laughs> okay. All right. They're in there. Generally approach it. Like we have <laughs> to do a certain kind con- like we, we all come up with the concepts together. We, we mm-hmm. won't do a beer a certain way unless we can get the art right for it too, or it mm-hmm. makes sense for him. But uh, he's always just kind of, he draws what he wants and it works out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you mean when you, you, you said you won't do a beer if the art isn't right for it? Well, like uh, he's our art director and he's here all the time, like leading all sorts of projects and everything we do with mm-hmm. this. So everything has to hit for the beer. Like we, we can't just pick some random name that doesn't work with mm-hmm how he's going to design the, the logo oh, for it. Like we have I creatures. See. Every single one of our beers has some kind of creature that represents it. So okay. that's a, a big consideration that uh, it has to fit that aesthetic or make sense for how we can create something to go with it. I get it. Okay. So you, you're not going to like ever, you know, I have a name for a beer called like, you know, tractor ale or whatever. And it's like, well, how am I going to do that? How am I going to fit the artwork on that? We can't do that. We got to rename it or do something else. Yeah. It's more the opposite of that. Oh, okay. Uh, but, okay. I can give an example. Like, uh, we even intentionally kind of did it once where uh, we just made a beer that didn't have a name or we're kind of trying to do like a reaction beer, like last minute, like South Park. Okay. You know, where <laughs> a beer like in seven days where it's like, this, well, this week something happened. So yeah. we did it during election week. Okay. And uh, then called it like a day early and made a uh, beer with a orange monster throwing a temper tantrum and called it sore loser. Yeah. <laughs> so then, you know, our town's really kind of split. So a lot of people were just like, getting all up, worked up about it. We're like, what, what do we do? <laughs> and then the thread, we just let the thread go and just, you know, ate popcorns. I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought this was America. You just post that Randy gif all day long. <laughs> so you, you intentionally sort of let that, I mean, some people will call that bad press quote unquote to just have this sort of like shit storm going on on their social, but you just hung out. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain that about us, but yeah, that's fine. Like I've never yeah, Sarah's really laughing. So yeah, uh, we've never shied away from uh, diving headfirst yeah. with our business account into whatever. <laughs> like I don't have a different personal. Well, yeah. uh, like on Instagram, we just have the the business one. So okay, it, it gets some mileage sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you seen some drama? Have you caused yeah, some I, drama? I don't know. We just we try to embrace some of that stuff too, like where people just got bent out of shape for the wrong reason, like. Uh, yeah what was it? We posted a review once that someone had that uh, said that we have like satanic pedo art and that we have some like secret tunnel that goes to skunk uh, skunk works over here. And that we're like some, some like huge conspiracy theory stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's great. Like, let's push that. Like, sure. Believe that. That's true. Very QAnon. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I wonder when like the QAnon and the craft beer world will intersect. And apparently it's already happened. (laughs) That's that very much like the tunnel, like, yeah. Pizza gate kind of thing. That's weird, man. People Where's, are weird. Where's beer blog when we need him? I where did he go? He left. He abandoned us all. He did. He, he's our buddy. We, <laughs> made, we, we made some beers with him. I miss him dearly yeah. from doing what he does. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, so he's still around. Everything's fine. He just doesn't do it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just okay. Beer was on. You know, beer. The beer thing is what it is. And <laughs> well, tell him I call him a coward. How about that? Okay. We'll <laughs> I certainly will. We, 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 we all want him back. Yeah. yeah absolutely, man. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the pale ale is great. Oh, actually, before we move on to the next one, tell me about the name transplants. 
Well, we're originally from Chicago, um, so we're transplants. And so as our other business partners are from uh, New York. So um, there's that aspect of it. And then there's also uh, the character who we call Elvis. <laughs> it's like cutting his brain open. So he's doing a brain, brain transplant. Okay. And then also plants because hops, you know, all that. I don't know if I explained that right. So it's got a few meanings. Did you did you just come up with it and figure out what else to add to it? Or is it really that? Um, basically, like we came up with the name and then told Brandon that we wanted something really cool. Like, I, I don't know if we maybe gave him a few like this, this and that. But he just kind of came out, just kind of came out. And there it was. It was oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's so. good that you're able to hook up with someone who uh, who can kind of get your sense of humor mm-hmm. you know <laughs> yeah it's that i feel like it's hard to find in the uh in any space really but uh the people who do man the artwork that that comes out of that you know especially the the collab between uh art and beer is very uh, i don't say volatile but it's very uh conducive it's very a uh, charge it's very um i don't say poetic because i think that's stupid but it's also uh i don't know it's 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 neat i mean look at this it's what does this say? It's blue raspberry hard seltzer un unrooted. That's just a rad ass label. And I don't know that you could get that, you know, separate from being in a craft beer space. Does that make sense? Have you seen what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, it's, it's to relate Help it to the music out. thing. It's kind of like, you know, sake. you see a cool album cover and it draws you in, but the way yeah. Brandon's always put it, he's like, I can sell the first beer, but then you got to sell the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You have to sell a second one. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, the next crowler I popped open is the Blue Raspberry Hard Seltzer, 5.5%, and uh, it is blue. <laughs> Windex blue. Tell me about the Hard Seltzer. How's Hard Seltzer going for you guys? Um, really good. Uh, okay. We try to, um, ex- with the exception of probably that one, since there's no <laughs> such thing as a Blue Raspberry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, we try to use natural stuff in them and not we don't use like uh just like some clear flavoring like a lot of places use um we try to have it be for from a real thing so like we i just uh, me and a friend uh helped me out juicing a bunch of meyer lemons this morning and uh we're gonna use that a friend gave me a bunch of guavas gonna use that uh Whoa. pomegranates you know just spend all this time processing it and putting it in seltzers so it makes it more of like a oh it's almost more like a soda almost with juices in it and stuff so um i i tried a lot of different seltzers and i i feel like ours is a little bit more what people are looking for i haven't had too many hard seltzers before but yours definitely tastes more like a juice not like a soda where it's like a little, you know, maybe on I think soda, like on the sweet side or whatever, but it is, mm-hmm. it is ju- juice, like a little yeah. light, lightly carbonated. And I don't know if it's just cause it's from the crowler or whatever, but the carbonation isn't super heavy. Um, if you can define carbonation as heavy, that was pretty stupid. I'll edit that out. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. No one will ever know about the mistake. Um, but it, it, it sort of lets the, the flavor hang out on my palate a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, get some of that, maybe the acidic from the, the carbonic acid or whatever, but the flavor is very, very good. It it does taste like a, like a juice, like a lightly flavored juice. I like yeah, it. And we usually, when we do a uh, 10 barrel batch, we split it three to four different ways. So like we do a base 
basically a blank plate base. And then yeah. we add uh, directly to the kegs, whatever juices, and then rack on top of that. So we, that gives us more variety with one batch, basically. Okay, that's smart. That's a smart way to do it. Do you have smaller fermenters that you... No. Okay. No. <laughs> no uh, they, uh, her and Anthony have developed a process they call flavor blasting. <laughs> okay. So we have a bunch of just like brewery parts and clamps and stuff that can hold liquid. And uh, they basically, they get all their stuff done in like, you know, food safe containers, like big containers and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they pour it into the chamber yeah. and then they close the valve and then just like CO2 Lord injected in into kegs. <laughs> and then we just keg in, on top of it. And okay. I, you know, I overestimate I, the ABV on it. So we, we know we're diluting it. Sure. So probably okay. like 6% when it's actually like pure. So you flavor, you flavor in the keg. Yes. Yep. Got it. Okay. How, or yes. uh, we also flavor in the slushy tank. Oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> we started doing beer slushies. <laughs> that uh, was popular when it was hot. Not, not as much now. Right. It's getting really cold up in night up here. Yeah, but, you, guys um, get, you guys get very cold and then also yeah. very hot. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have some friends in Lancaster and it's like it's either 115 or it's going to snow. <laughs> like that's yeah, wild to yeah. me. sometimes in the same day it feels like uh <laughs> slushies people are still doing people are still rocking your slushies yeah maybe we're a little bit late to the game i think <laughs> uh, lal works was doing it a yeah, while ago but i mean hella w- one Who weekend cares? in it was like okay well that paid for itself all <laughs> <laughs> wow love it yeah yeah well and that's what you got to do man if you know if you can be if you can be a, a destination for people and give everybody at least one thing i think it's all you know that's all you can do that's what some of this stuff has done too. Like, especially the seltzers have done that, you know, you get a group of people, there's always like, I don't know, someone in the group that wants something different or I don't know, sometimes gluten's a concern. It's not like we're saying they're gluten-free, no. but they're, they're reduced. Reduced. It's on the same equipment. But. Yeah. Seltzers or just beers in general? No, the seltzers. The seltzers. I, mean, I, yeah, like, okay. I, I, I wouldn't dare to call them gluten-free just because it's, uh, there's yeah. there's gluten in the air here, but oh, yeah. because they're on the, <laughs> the place isn't gluten free. They're on the same equipment. Okay, guys, see what you're saying. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, no one's as allergic to walk in and then suddenly oh, there's gluten oh, in the air. Oh, I can't. I, yeah, if they are, I wouldn't recommend coming. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's on you at that point, I guess. Yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah, this is this is really good. I could definitely see this as a slushy or even like a snow cone. <laughs> we kind of make sort of the same thing, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that it, but you know what? And it goes back to the to the flavor of it. It's such it's such a rich flavor. It's such a very focused flavor. Um, you wouldn't know that it's alcoholic. You wouldn't know that it's five and a half percent. I wouldn't. I mean, I would assume, but you know, it tastes very good. I'm, I'm sure this is a danger for some people. Yeah, you can't really tell on those. You can kick them back. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the draw. I mean, I, I've heard that seltzers are sort of like declining in popularity do you guys see that or is it just maybe an anomalous thing it's probably a little less um popular as the weather cools a little bit um people maybe go towards more of the pale ales and ipas and stuff but um in we can't even keep up with it in the summer (laughs) but it's it's still very steady though okay how you so you're processing a ton of fruit (laughs) this summer Yeah, yeah i have especially lately People have been like, I have all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, have neighbor, yeah. we have like friends and neighbors and stuff like that that offer us their yards of fruit, uh, which is a really cool thing. So Jeez. anyone that's offering us fruit, that's, yeah, yes, we'll, mean, find, we'll, we'll figure it out. It. <laughs> yeah. 
Absolutely. Okay, let me take an, another break. I want to get a bunch more beers in here. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about your Indiegogo campaign. I was looking at that. I think that was a really cool thing you guys did. And then um, a little bit about uh, some of the drama that's been surrounding you guys a little bit, uh, especially with COVID and all that kind of fun stuff. You know, the good informational stuff that everyone loves talking about, the lighthearted <laughs> the oh, lighthearted nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> so hang on just a second. And uh, everyone, go get yourselves some beers. I'm going to go do that for myself as well. And we'll be right back with Transplants Brewing here on the session. Hang tight. tuned into the session because life's too short to listen to crappy radio all right thanks for hanging on everybody we're back with matt and sarah from transplants brewing in palmdale california and i have three crowlers in front of me and i'm gonna drink them all to the end no i'm kidding we got an ipa we got another ipa and then we have a a sweet potato ale, and I'm looking forward to honestly each and every one of them. What should I start with first? Should I start with the? Out of those three, start with the sweet potato. The sweet potato, really? Okay, it's called the Ocarna of Time, but it's uh, Ocarina. Ocarina, o- Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, like the herb. T H Y M E. Now, uh, aside from not being able to pronounce it very well, uh, I've played that game, that Zelda game, uh, and I laughed very hard. And I uh, sent a picture of your can. To uh, to my nerd friends online, and they all laughed as well too. I think it's a pretty cool play on words. Ocarina of T- I always pronounce it as Ocarina of Time, and I like you know played the game, got the book even too back then when uh, video games you know you you could buy a companion book to like help you out. Uh, sweet potato ale with nutmeg and thyme. Tell me a little bit about uh, about this beer, please. Uh, it's our answer to pumpkin beers because we don't want to do a pumpkin beer. So we did a sweet potato beer instead. So okay. it's actually sweet potatoes in the mash. Uh, it's supposed to be kind of like sweet potato pie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's got nutmeg and lemon thyme. And uh, so there's some the- cinnamon and marshmallow. That aroma is great. It's citrusy and that, that caramelized sugar immediately comes. It's, it's almost just like like brown sugar. And like a lemony uh, thing, almost like a lemongrass, I guess. But but uh, but it's the it's the time nutmeg. Yeah, I could get that. The farmer tells us that the sweet potato mash days are really popular with the pigs. <laughs> so you, <laughs> farmer comes and pick up your mash. And yeah. th- these are the ones that the pigs go. Do they go hog wild? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a jokester, guys. And this smells great. It smells like a pumpkin beer. Um, in the sense that it's, you know, spiced, but that, that sort of, you know, pumpkin beers to me sort of have that, um, that brown sugar, like a light brown sugar note that sort of runs through them all. I like pumpkin beers. I think I'm the only one. Um, I don't know if I've had a sweet potato beer, especially not with nutmeg and thyme, but I'm about to, and I'm kind of excited about it as much for good radio. It makes, oh, that's good. Wow. That's very different than how it smells too. That is Wow. That is a flavorful. That is a flavorful beer. I'm actually broken for a second because, like, <laughs> like the flavors are sort of they're sort of like jutty outy. Where I, I don't know. I'm tasting in shapes right now. I don't know why. 
It's a very, but like I get a shape that sort of curves at the bottom. I get a shape that pokes out at the left here. And it's very, it's very like uh, expansive. The flavors on this beer are very expansive. How do you add the, the spices? Um, I just add them after fermentation, basically. Uh, but the sweet potatoes is in the mash. So that part's already That's done. Easy. Yeah. And I grind the nutmeg and all that and try to keep like the spices really fresh. You grind the nutmeg yourself. Yes. How much are you, how many nutmegs are you grinding for a, what is it, a 10 barrel batch? Uh, let me see this last time, maybe like about a quarter pound, which. That's not a lot, I, but it sounds like a lot. Yeah. Well, I ended up like figuring out, like I got one, a grinder, like that you can go like that with and, um, it broke and then I attached <laughs> it to a power drill. So. <laughs> Hell yes. Absolutely. <laughs> that made it really easy. Yeah. Homebrew. <laughs> it was hard before that. And it's just like painstaking. Yeah. But it makes a big difference if you buy it pre-ground versus grinding it. It's sure. So much brighter. That's the homebrewer, um, you know, logic, homebrewer intuition, where you're just like, I can power this. I can motorize this. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, and you really get that amount of nutmeg in the aroma. Like, I mean, that amount. Like, I can like I can know exactly how much, but... but it, I mean, relative to the through. amount of beer, it's not a lot of spice, but that's a no. strong spice, so, you Yes, know. nutmeg really comes through, but yeah, that is like, I'll just, you know, if I smell on the side of the glass, I can really get it. And I guess this is the time of year where you just ex- more experience with nutmeg. I like this beer a lot. It's very different than a pumpkin ale. It, it does share a lot of the aromatics, like I said, but the flavor is not there. It's very uh, much lighter than a pumpkin beer would be. There is like a lemony citrus thing happening, but I don't know if it's because um, because you said lemon time. And then I go, well, it must be this thing. Do you treat your water at all for a beer like this? No. Just same water all the time? Yeah. 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 I mean, it's filtered, but other than that, I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, I just didn't know, like with all that starch from the, from the sweet potato and you, you know, you have, uh, you know, the spices, I just, I, I didn't know if you would soften it or harden it or whatever to maybe overcompensate for a thing because not that it needs it, but I just, I didn't know if you built it that way or anything. We didn't do anything no. different. We used just yeah. standard water from here. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't. Have you done this beer before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this, that's the. I think that's the second batch from this year that yeah. we sent you. Uh, oh wow! Okay, so you've done over pretty well. Nice. Okay. Is this the first the, year you've done it though? No. No. no okay. This is, okay. I think the third, third or fourth year we've done it. It's it's a really strong seasonal for us. Like yeah. people people come and ask people me for that. People look forward one. to it. Really, cool. You cook with it at all? Imagine you could do some good stuff with this. Um. I'm sure you could. Like I, I, I haven't, but yeah, that would be really good for a lot of different dishes. Well, I would imagine. Yeah, it's interesting. We as she actually cooks the potatoes using our old homebrew setup, <laughs> so we don't really use those old like kettles anymore. So yeah. she just she does it the day before and then just leaves it sit till the next day, and then we just you know put yeah, it in buckets and throw it in while we're <laughs> stirring. <laughs> well, it sounds like Sarah does everything. Sounds like she does all the ingredient additions. She does everything. Well, what do you the, do? I add the weird stuff. You add that's the weird. You're, are you the weird stuff person? Is that your? Yeah, that's your. <laughs> that's what I do. Well, her magic ability is to know just the right amount. She she's mm. one of those uh, chefs that's like, well, how much you put in? I that much. I mean, I write it down with the brewing, but like, I might next time just be like, nah, I'm gonna put more in. Whatever. <laughs> like, just change it. I, which but, I, uh, I, I whatever we're trying out wild new things like this too. Uh, yeah. 
we always do it at a big batch like this. So she's always able to kind of dial it in and figure it out. Just if it's the first time out, we'll go a little bit lighter on the flavors because you can always add more. You can't take it away. Right. Yes. Which is a very big homebrewing lesson. It's like one of the first things you learn as a homebrewer. I think when you start going off script and doing your own recipes, like I just, uh, that's that's back off on this a little bit. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, look, I like that beer. I think that's great. It is a very good answer and a very good alternative to pumpkin beers. So if you guys are in the area and you don't like pumpkin beers, but you still want a, a seasonal, you know, stop in and, and catch yourself a crowler or that. Are you guys packaging um, besides crowlers? You have like cans and bottles and stuff like that. I mean, I know you have, I have two bottles in the fridge, but we do 500 milliliter bottles. Okay. Uh, of all your offerings? Of select ones. It's, oh, okay. Uh, not all of them, but uh the ones we've done before or uh yeah so you don't like can your pale ale for distribution regionally or anything like that no and actually with the venue things have uh distro's kind of like on a request basis right now because uh we can't really keep up with beer anyhow so nice i don't know that's i need to make be able to make more beer so we can sustain that too but right now it's kind of like sell more beer here which works anyhow because the more beer we can sell here the better we do yeah absolutely all right. Well, let's talk about, uh, you know, what everyone talks about on the show because I make them is uh, COVID. Um, you know, you guys are were pretty well established. We've talked to some some breweries who opened like a month before <laughs> COVID hit and, uh, you know, they made it. And, you know, the established breweries, you know, definitely had a hard time as well. But um, the crunch that you guys, I would imagine, you know, fell into was was all of the lockdown restrictions. Yes, especially L.A. County, especially L.A. County. You guys went head to head with L.A. County. Can you talk to yes. me a little bit about, about what prompted that? Uh, well, basically, uh, the county was treating restaurants differently than breweries. Uh, and it's just not fair that if, if there's a behavior that's unsafe, let's treat that and have it be the same across the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems the crux of it came down to the, the fact that our kitchen's outside with the food truck uh, and not inside with us. And somehow disadvantaging two businesses is better. Uh, so... The first thing they were doing, they let restaurants be outside for service and we could only be to go. And then they're going for a while. In the past, before all this, there was other stuff that happened where like our brewery in the city of Lancaster were not exactly good. Uh, okay. The mayor of Lancaster is Rex Paris. And in the middle of uh, us being treated like this, uh, like Paris Law Firm actually came to us and offered to help and change things. And given the way the history was, they really didn't have to do that. But those guys are awesome. And now we're friends and everything. And uh, great. <laughs> so and the, the they ma- changed things three times for us. The first time wow. was uh, for being able to serve outside like restaurants. Then later on, they tried to make it so we had to have reservations to get in here. Yes. Uh, like a day in advance. Um, they got that changed in like a week. And then this last spring, if you wanted to have a beer here, it had to be outside in the parking lot with food from a food truck but you could go get the same beer that i made over at yard house down the street inside with no restrictions so it's like yeah this doesn't make any sense so <laughs> then they got changed that changed in a week too wow uh, so the, and, the the mayor of lancaster he has a law firm mm-hmm. correct wow and so it's actually, it actually his son kale and uh dan uh okay that really helped us out a bunch on this case interesting that's pretty cool. How come you guys were at odds with the city of Lancaster? Cause it's a different city. Is it somehow like a, like run by the same 
governing body. Yeah. But there's there's always been a little bit of thing between Palmdale and Lancaster. But okay. I, I guess the way that that got set off is there was uh, the notion of a restriction of single serve bottles in liquor stores in Lancaster in the name of stopping homelessness. And that didn't make any sense because it's not like homeless oh. people are going to buy craft beer. It's just <laughs> not a target demo. Right. Uh, that ended up all getting itself resolved. But uh, okay. then there was just some back and forth on, you know, events and stuff over the years. But now it's weird. It's kind of on the other side of things because uh, throughout all this, like uh, the L.A. Brewers Guild publicly denounced our lawsuit uh, and <laughs> tried to take credit for the things that our lawyers accomplished through meetings that they had. What? Uh, and we actually ended up quitting the guild uh, over it was before that for some other related stuff. Basically, they were putting out messaging and telling us to do things that their leadership wasn't willing to do. Uh, like a do as I say, not as I do mentality. So it's been kind of really weird dealing with all the the restrictions, like fighting all this stuff yeah. and kind of being on our own with it. When you got your guild saying, don't do that, don't fight and make changes. It doesn't really make any sense. I mean, were they saying like, don't fight because like the only way I can make sense of that is if they had a plan going on behind the scenes that they didn't want anybody to know about, or they didn't want to say anything, or it's like we have back channel conversations that, you know, you could potentially overthrow or hurt. So don't do it. But also if they're asking you to do that, if that was the case, then they should tell you specifically why, but it doesn't sound like they were telling you why they just said, don't, don't do anything. Just go with the flow, do whatever they say. Yeah, that's kind of always the way we've been treated by them. Uh, okay. It's actually the other two local breweries that run everything. So it's, I don't know, we need to sit in our corner kind of a thing. So we just went and did it on our own. <laughs> that doesn't feel good, man. I'm sorry that that happened. That's uh, that's weird. And you, I mean, you know, I was reading a little bit on it and you, you had a, a clear reason because you could, like you said, you can go to Yard House or any other place and sit inside and have a beer, but you can't do that at your place. And you guys are suffering. You have bills to pay. You have people to pay. For God's sakes, you're responsible for people's livelihoods, and you can't, you can't do the see. Other people across town are doing the same thing that you're doing, essentially, but you can't for some reason. Was it an oversight? I mean, I think. I, I, why would they? Why would they exclude uh, breweries? So breweries without kitchens couldn't serve because you had to have food. It's having uh, the distinguish. The distinguishing factor is having like a letter grade for yourself. Okay, and that was something that uh, I think it was in. I think it was like 2011 or something. There was an exemption that was made for breweries uh, where you didn't have to have them anymore. So it's supposed to be a privilege we have to be able to, if you don't have a kitchen, you don't need like all this extra oversight. And now that's being used against us. Mm -hmm. But uh, like for us, just like a lot of other places though, we have food trucks like every night of the week. So there's always someone here serving food. So we're kind of meeting that requirement anyhow. So it doesn't, doesn't make any sense that just because we have a different <laughs> format for our kitchen that somehow anything's different health wise. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you hear about like cities being a little bit hostile towards breweries, but I, I, you know, it sounds, I don't think the County would be, I just, it has to be some sort of oversight, but you had to the, take legal action to figure it out. And the County, uh, I mean, yeah, like, uh, mud Davis and stuff like they're, they've been a problem and all the four of the supervisors have been a problem too. It's really only uh, like Catherine Barger has tried to have our back on stuff mm -hmm. uh, and has been outvoted on a lot of different things. So uh, we have a good relationship with our supervisor's office. And a lot of times they're just like, we're doing all we can. We're getting overridden. Like tell your friends. Mm -hmm. So would you mind giving me an example of, of something that she's been overridden on for 
trying to help you guys out? Uh, geez, for any of the, for any of the things that uh, the lawyers got changed, they didn't oh, okay. want me in the first place. Same uh, stuff. Okay, got it. So I mean, anytime something happens, yeah, I mean, we've got good relationships, and <laughs> that was kind of the the case that was being made that somehow we're ruining relationships. And it's like, no, I still talk to those people; they agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> How important is it? I mean, COVID aside and all this kind of stuff, how is it important? How important is it to have a relationship with your supervisors and your local government? Have you, have you, have you had to reach out to them aside from all this current nonsense that we're dealing with? Yeah. I mean, there's always something going on that I, I, I think having local government relationships and uh, there's always something you need to talk to people about. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll give you another way that uh, it was like a year ago last summer where uh when there was like that brief, like the clouds had parted where we were like open for a month, uh, that first summer of COVID. Yeah. Uh, and then they were cutting our power like that first Friday back. So I wasn't going to have power on a Friday night. So, uh, wow. Supervisor's office actually made them give us a generator to keep our power going during prime time. And we actually got it for our neighbors too. So, wow. Uh, I feel like they really do try to have our back, but you know, when four other people are fighting against it, it's tough. That's so weird to me. I mean, I, but I guess that's, you know, it sort of shows you like how even like on a national or worldwide, you know, level, how confusing politics can be. You can narrow it down to a local level and it's still just as fucking confusing. It's like, why would people, why would people vote against this? It doesn't make any sense in the name of, you know, safety. But if you can prove that other people are doing the same thing, then it doesn't, then it just, it shouldn't, it shouldn't take a lawsuit. And and battling with uh, uh, an organization that's supposed to help you to get things changed around for you guys to to have um, you know a business again. Absolutely. Yeah. At the tail end of things too, it was very frustrating because they said that you could go to Staples Center for an event, but we couldn't even have like trivia on our phones mm-hmm. at our tables. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, how does that make any sense? So yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, but you, you, you got everything changed. Kudos to you guys. And, uh, actually I I read an article about how basically attributing all of these changes in LA County to the lawsuit you filed and to the work you guys are doing, not to the Brewers Guild. So you got some press out of it, not out of it, but you got some acknowledgement out of it. We don't really need acknowledgement. I'm I'm not looking for that. We just want to keep doing what we're doing and uh, be treated fairly. I would need all the praise. I would need, I would hire a billboard. I would, <laughs> I would go in and just drop coasters at every place. That's what I would do, but I'm very petty like that. Um, but I'm glad you guys got, got back up and running. Other than that, other than the drama, uh, how have you guys been, been dealing with the pandemic as far as, uh, you know, uh, business losses or, or are you seeing an increase in your community coming out and, and sort of, um, sort of an outpouring of, of uh, community outreach to support the business and to keep you guys around. How's that been for you? Everyone really wants to get out and have something to do. Yeah. Uh, right when things were able to open back up is when we started the venue. So it okay. kind of has all happened at once with that, where I, I feel the downward trend in beer right now. I feel like it's not as exciting as it was for people with beer fests and everything as it was 10 years ago. Okay. Uh, so I think it's been good for us to try to differentiate ourselves with the events in yes. the midst of that, because as 
us being able to do concerts makes us different as a brewery as much as us having brewery makes us different than any other venue. Yep. So I don't know how everyone else is handling it exactly. I, you have to find a way to make yourself different to kind of stand out now or just not be like everyone else. Uh, yeah. I guess this is what we're doing then. Well, I mean, it sounds I like that's differentiate. That it sounds like that's what you guys started doing in the first place, even pre-pandemic, is trying to differentiate and stand out and not do what other people are doing, and it's paying off. I mean, you know, other other places that we've talked to are, you know, they have a different spin on their beers, or they're they're just they're 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 producing more beers, different ways to help people, you know, go. Oh, this is a new beer. I'm going to buy this and support the brewery. I'm going to do that and support the brewery. Uh, it's very much a community thing. Um, I like having the venue too. It's basically another business that is open. Yeah. That is yeah, people want to be a part of it. Was that, was that in planning before the pandemic, before the shutdown yeah. and everything? Yeah. I think uh, like one month into the pandemic is when we had our stage finally finished. So oh, okay. <laughs> so it was going at what point were you like, Oh shit, this is not going to be good. You know, when like yeah, the lockdowns very, happen, like how, how does that moment happen? You keep on thinking, well, next month is going to be different and then it isn't yeah. for forever. Yeah. Remember that? Do you guys remember? Here's another South Park reference. Remember, remember when we thought everything would be good in a month? <laughs> I think about that. Like once a month, I think about that. Like, man, there was a time when everyone was like, this will be fine. Let's not worry about it. We, we tried to use our, we tried to like find a use for our space though. There's uh, one of our friends, Ruth, who works with like ACLU and Dolores Huerta Foundation. Uh, she does a lot of charity work around here. She's the kind of person that goes out into like finds where homeless people live out in the middle of nowhere and tries to bring them resources. So we actually kind of used our, our space here as storage for a lot of the things that she had uh, and just try to be able to be a, a distribution point or, you know, you nice. use our space for yeah. good while we couldn't use it for anything else. Yeah. That's good. That's very kind. It's a very kind thing to do. All right. Back to beer. I got uh, that's the ticket IPA and uh, it says it's five and a half percent. Is that correct? Yeah. <laughs> this is the only IPA I think I would ever drink except for a uh, celebration. Look how clear that goddamn thing is. Tell me about uh, that's the ticket, please. While I while I sip and smell. So, uh, I mean, I guess the name first of all is uh, we were trying to do a a tie into the the event space. So we we have a deal like if you buy advanced tickets at the bar, you get like half off that beer. That's cool. I like that. Uh, so the the stars and the hops in this one it's uh, Strata and El Dorado, and uh, okay. On this version, I think we switched it from the first one. We're using, uh, was it the Lalaman West Coast Yeast? Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty simple otherwise. Uh, let's see. Don't tell me it's Pilsner Malt and then yank that rug out from under me no. again. No, it is, it, is, it is this time for sure. It's, it's <laughs> okay. Pilsner Malt. I mean, it's barely any more than that. It's like a half a bag of Vienna, half a bag of Dextra Pills, and uh, some corn sugar. So it's, it's pretty simple. <laughs> You're adding corn sugar, but it's still not even 6%. Well, it's cheap gravity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, that makes sense because it is very, very light. I mean, it, it, it's, I don't know. I'm going to try it again. That's what we're drinking. Yeah. Now too. All right. What gives me pause 
is I'm trying to figure out how to describe this beer, which has always been my, you know, considering I've been doing this for a living for several years, you'd think I'd be better at it. But the hard part for me is describing IPAs, especially when it's an IPA that's sub, you know, 6%, but it doesn't taste like it. It's like, it's like you took all like an IPA, like a seven and a half percent IPA with all the flavors. You got all those hops, you got all that like orange citrus kind of thing, and you just shrink it. You just shrunk it to like five and a half. I don't know how else to describe it other than that, because it's it. The malt is very light, but maybe it's the hops, the the tie in of like your brain between your brain and your mouth when you when you come on a beer like this where it's uh, it's it's hoppy and and bitter in a certain direction makes me go okay well this has got to be like I don't know at least six and a half percent does that make sense but it's mm-hmm. not and you have that that malt in there that's uh, very smooth and and that pilsner malt and it's you know uh, very elegant. And it's not grainy or anything, but the bitterness doesn't taper off. If that makes sense, you you get IPAs uh, that are that are lower, you know, lower gravity IPAs, and there's something off with the balance. And I guess this is what I'm getting to. This doesn't have that because you guys have hopped it properly, and you have a lot of hops in the the flavor. I would imagine because it's a very flavorful hops, like you said, it's the star, and the malt is is just there to 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 sort of carry it along. And I I don't know, it's a very well constructed beer. It's very well constructed. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know if any of that made any sort of sense, but to me it does. It's like you, you shrunk down, you shrunk down an IPA and sometimes we'll go like, Oh, well it's a session IPA, but even those can be sort of, they can sort of fall apart. You know, sometimes you need that alcohol to sort of carry it through or you need, uh, a little bit more mouthfeel to, to to battle with the hops, but your hop selection was good. The way you used it was great. And it just, you would never know that it was five and a half percent. And this also proves my theory. You could make a delicious IPA and not have it be 8% or seven, you know, whatever. This is very tasty. Some of it, I think some of it's how the dry hops work. I think that's made a big difference for us. Mm-hmm. So if we want to talk about like something I think is key in this, uh, I mean, I, I like the double dry hop, but getting one in while it's still fermenting so it can work out, you know, that extra points or so or whatever, mm. and then, you know, cool it down, like, I don't know, 50 or something like that, and then add more hops before you're, you're done. That way, those are just purely flavors. So we, we usually get like a, a hot dry hop and a cold dry hop, if, as it were. Uh, Interesting. Okay. Work out well for us. Okay. Wow. So you, you'll take it down to 50 and then dry hop at 50. For the second one. I mean, we have yeah, to like, right. do the hop creep one earlier, but yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's cold as hell. Do you play around with those temperatures to like figure that out or you just did it, tasted good? We're going to run We've with done it. different um, different recipes. Uh, it's been, a, you know, a little okay. warmer, a little cooler on some of them. Do we like know- to try stuff. I'd say one goal that I have when I'm making IPAs is just if we've got three other ones on the board, uh, my main goal is how can I make it if you have a flight that that one's way different. So mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just do different stuff so it's not like whatever's there. <laughs> <laughs> Where, yeah, what, what, do you, what would you change? Is it, is it recipe stuff that you would change or is it uh, hop selection or, or just yeast, hop selection? The, or? The, the last time we made this yeast, I think we used S33. Which is technically a hazy yeast, but somehow, I think that was the original goal when we made this 
the first version yeah. of this beer was to use a hazy yeast to make it not hazy because that's hilarious. It ended up especially clear. <laughs> <laughs> but then this time, uh, th- then we switched it to like, well, let's use the West. Let's actually use the West Coast Ale yeast. So. <laughs> I don't know. That, I guess that's how we switch it. <laughs> we we set out for a gold and we're like, okay, we achieved it. Now let's change. Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. It keeps it fresh. Which yeast do you prefer for a beer like this? For your IPAs, what's a go-to your preferred IPA yeast? I, I, I'm going to say that my favorite is the Lalleman West Coast. I like that one the best, but they're all really good. Like we switched between that and like S33 and uh, US05 just for the most part, but I don't know. If I haven't used the weird yeast in a while, I might just order something for the hell. <laughs> so it's, it sounds like you guys are just still fucking home brewers. I'm sure we treat the way we approach beers way more like home brewers than pretty much any other yeah. brewery. Uh, it is, yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. We're not doing pilot batches of anything. Well, and to that end too, we try to, uh, <laughs> we try to maintain a connection to our home brewers too. Like uh, this year we've done collabs with, most of the clubs like uh Ridgecrest homebrewers came through, uh, East Siders came through, mm-hmm. uh, Crown of the Valley, Crown of the Valley, Crown of the Valley, uh, sure. Beavers coming through next month, Beavers, sure, yeah. Recipe. So, shouts we, out to the Beavers. <laughs> we try to make sure that uh, we brew with all of our homebrew friends because there's a lot of good homebrewing talent out there, and uh, that's I don't know, that's where the creativity is coming from. Well, and it's also you. <sighs> you're at the point where you can give an experience to people who would really be fucking stoked on it. And that's, that's kind of a cool place to be at as well. Mm-hmm. You know, that means so much to us on the brewing end and on the stage and everything like yeah. people that want to be a part of this, that we can do that. That, that means the world to us. Yeah. I, that's, that's cool. Yeah. You got to give back, man. You can't, you can't forget the homebrew. And you know what I meant by, by it sounds like you guys are just fucking homebrewers. It's not like I ah, fucking homebrewers, but, fucking home brewing you're still fucking doing it you're still doing right you're still thinking yeah because well right <laughs> i mean i've talked my fair amount of shit about homebrewers, but it's um because i just i'm too lazy to do it anymore but it's it is that that mentality i think that sounds like that keeps things fresh for you guys that keeps it fun in the brew house especially and it keeps coming up with stuff like this when you say oh, i'm not gonna worry about it and i sort of like asking these questions because as a home brewer who hasn't, I've, I've done like, you know, collabs, but um, I haven't brewed professionally as a career. It, it would seem like you just want to have fun with it and, and doing stuff on the fly like that. I'm just going to order this yeast. I haven't used it in a while. Let's see what happens. Let's do this. Let's do that. Keeps it fun. It's not a job. I'm not, not a job. It's not as much of a job anymore, I guess for like, well, the sheet says this. So I got to do the, I don't know. I got to do the thing. You're like, eh, fuck it. Do something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. Absolutely. That's that's exactly how we treat it. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Do you have a flagship? One beer that rises amongst the others. Uh, yeah. Now that you mention it, uh, the very next one that I think is on your list is probably the one that we brewed the most. Uh, yeah. That's El Mas Guapo. El Mas Guapo, the IPA with guava. I feel weird saying Wapo and Guava. I just, I can't do it. And this actually started out as a homebrew collab. Uh, Our friend uh, Juan Salcido from Beaver, uh, Johnny Hops, he actually came up with this and it's evolved over the years. Uh, We've, you know, there's been tweaks or whatever you figure things out, but yeah. uh, He's an amazing brewer. He's just here yesterday sharing awesome beer. Nice, Uh, man. And there's been some other things, like even our tamarind saison was his idea. And he came up with the idea for the with a, an imperial peach ale called Peaches Be Trippin'. And he came up with that. <laughs> First of all, awesome name. 
I'm very surprised <laughs> it hasn't been taken. Um, a tamarind saison. That sounds very wintry. Sounds like a fall kind of a beer. That's turned into a flagship for us too. Um, really? Just, I mean, we got taco trucks here like three nights a week. So yeah, it, it tends to work. It, actually, I think that's wow. our brewer's favorite beer right now. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, look, I've been doing this show since 2005. And we've had our fair share of Saisons, but I don't remember the last Saison I've had in recent memory. It feels like you're doing a, and this is, again, this is what trips me out about craft beer is that, you know, it can, it's super regional and you can have styles that do really well in one part of town or in one brewery and then not in another brewery. And I like the fact that you have a Saison that's doing so well that it's basically one of your like flagship beers. People ask for all the time. It's a saison. Nobody does that anymore. I just, I don't know. That trips me out. I think it's cool. And I think it's, it's, it also shows other breweries that there is space to sort of expand just because you have a flagship doesn't mean you can't make a fucking sweet potato beer. <laughs> um, anyway, LMS Wapo with uh, guava. How are you guys adding the guava to this? And, and then addendum or side note, whatever. Are you uh, designing the, the hops around the guava. I know you said it was a it was a homebrew recipe, but was that how's that interplay? In the very very first original homebrew recipe, it was guava paste, and it just was unwieldy to do it that way. So we found a, a guava pulp product that we get. Hmm. Uh, ends up being in smaller packaging than we'd like, but somehow it costs more <laughs> to get it in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> Someone there's spreadsheet is off, and they need. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, we ended up putting that in, I guess, instead of the second dry hop, because we always do it cooler. Uh, the hops definitely go along with it. Sometimes supplies make us turn one way or the other. Like, I think Citra was hard to get for a while, so we ended up going more mosaic heavy. And then that just kind of stuck. Like, this, I can get Citra now. It's no big deal. But, like, there's still some in it. But now it's mosaic's kind of the star. Uh, it's cool when things work out like that. Well, this version of it, uh, it'll just be a little bit different. We'll see. And then everyone's like, this is the best version yet. <laughs> oh, I guess we're, I guess that's how it is now. Yeah. I guess this is it. Do you listen to a lot of customer feedback? Are you one of those breweries where you're like, oh, if you guys like it, we'll just do it this way. Uh, I mean, yeah. they tell us by like how much of it they buy. So- <laughs> <laughs> we we want to make the best feedback our- you can get, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I guess we listen to our bartenders. Like our bartenders want to be able to answer the questions people are asking. So Mm -hmm. if they're not able to, or it's not turning out right, we want to be able to fix that. So we're answering the right questions for them. Okay. All right. It's always interesting to, to, to to find out how many people, cause I I talked to a brewery, I forget the name. They would have like monthly, you know, meetings with, you know, some customers or they would go out and actively like talk about it. And I don't hear that too much. Um, But I don't know if it's also, you know, needed to a certain extent. It just depends on whatever works whatever works for your, uh, you know, your setup. But it sounds like, I mean, you know, you're, you're changing things up enough to keep people on their toes. So fuck it. You're doing something right. But do you know what hops are in this off the top of your head? You don't need to. Yeah. Uh, what is it? I think it's bitter with Centennial, uh, Summit, Citra, Mosaic, and Atenum. Atenum. <clears throat> I don't know too much about that hop. It seems, sounds kind of new. It's uh, relatively newish. Cascade-ish. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, that, the, the aroma is great because it has a, like, I have to sort of search for the for the guava. 
and I'm okay with doing that because like looking deeper for, for more of the guava, the hops and the guava sort of blend together. You know, sometimes you can get like, um, I, I guess it's more with mangoes really, where you can get sort of like the green mango and then like the really dark mango flavor. Uh, I only have experience with guava puree for making cocktail syrups, <laughs> but it has that sort of darker fruit flavor. Um, and then some of the hops that I getting have some earthiness um, and it sort of, it those blend well with the, the lighter side of the guava flavors, if that's making any kind of sense at all. So it is sort of this nebulous, ever changing aromatic. I think it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a great beer. It's seven and a half percent. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> that's why it's so popular. Well, and as I'm sitting here, we have that in the venue space right now. I'm just like, ah, oh, that's that's a problem. That should, <laughs> that should be in the other room. <laughs> Do you segment out the beers? Is not everything available in the brewery that's available in the venue space? Oh yeah, yeah. Currently, we just have a uh, like a four tap kegerator in here. Uh, we we got approved to put a bar and bathrooms and a spiral staircase and everything in here in July, but engineering's just been a holdup, and everyone asking for questions. I think last I heard, they thought we. Someone at the city thought we were building a new building. And it's like, no, it's an existing building. We're putting a room in it. Like already, this. already gets mail here. <laughs> so hopefully soon we'll have that there and have more taps. Yeah. Well, and you would think the city would know what, what you're doing. but Yeah, they have the plans on file. So, <laughs> so they could just look it up. Uh, but look, I'll, this order. Yeah. I'll just do it for you. I'll build a spiral staircase. Never done it. I could do it, I'm sure. Go on YouTube. <laughs> Take you a go. class on doing anything. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a cool beer, man. I like that. I like that beer a lot. And this is a year round beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Probably like what a sixth of our total production. Ever. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> like one of our most popular. That's huge. Oh, God bless homebrewers, man. All right. I'm going to take one final break. It's not normally what we do, but I'm taking a third break. I'm going to get the two bottles I have in the fridge. I'm going to come back. We'll drink those. We'll wrap up. You guys cool. Sounds great. All right. right. Hang on, everybody. It's the session. We'll be right back. Segmented. Demented. Fermented. Fermented. It's the session. We are hanging out with Matt and Sarah from Transplants Brewing in Palmdale, California. And uh, I have two bottles of beer, and I'm very excited about them because... uh, the art kind of kicks ass. I have a uh, faith healer or macaroon tycoon, which is first. Macaroon first. Macaroon first. All right. So you were saying um, at the break, Matt, that uh, someone tried to flush a belt buckle down the toilet at the yes. brewery. That's cool, dude. Can't make this up. Went <laughs> <laughs> to get beer earlier, and it's like, oh, there's a flood. I'm gonna hide over here. Now, now I go over there now to get a bottle. It's like it was a belt buckle. Like, it usually weird things like that happen on Mondays when like barely anybody's around. <laughs> of course. Um, Mondays are my belt buckle flush. Did you get the belt buckle out or did it go down? I, you know, I didn't follow up on that. That is a very important detail. I, I think they got it. <laughs> I'm. It yeah. is an important deal because if you got it out, I would put that on the wall. Personally, I would put a plaque underneath it. I would mount it. Like that's just the weirdest, unless that's not the weirdest thing that people have tried to flush. No. Like one time somebody like flushed an iPhone and I was just like the <laughs> toilet was clogged and I'm doing the thing and I'm just like, what? The fuck? <laughs> That's such a weird like 
<laughs> thing to flush. Also, it's a weird thing to clog the toilet with, too. Yeah, I mean, and that's... it was just, it was one of the smaller, older ones, so it just fit perfectly. Oh, yeah. Back when, like, the small phones were cool, and now we're back to the big phones. <laughs> as long as there's a screen on it, we're good. No, 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 no. You got to see. This is Sarah's phone. It's oh, the foldable <laughs> one. Yes, oh. it's a tablet. I got a fold. How do you like it? That would not flush. No, that would no. flush. No, <laughs> it's like the will it blend guy. Like, no, will it flush? I don't. Let's try that. <laughs> uh, here's a label for uh, Macaroon Tycoon, which is a chocolate coconut macaroon imperial stout. You guys, tell me a little bit about this. Is a uh, big fans of Great British Bake Off here? What's going on? <laughs> Which I love that show, by the way. So that's no, there's no shade on that. Uh, Brandon's inspiration for that, he, he's basically trying to do a version of uh, what is it, Uncle Pennybags, the, the Monopoly guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Moneybag. Maybe Uncle Moneybags. Yeah, 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 something like that. I'm, I'm fucking it up. I should know this better. <laughs> uh, they won't see you this way. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be kind of like the the Monopoly guy, and he's holding a bag of macaroons. Nice. Why macaroons? Like, what's the what's the um inspiration my my brain is having, I'm having trouble working now um what's the inspiration for for brewing with uh with with macaroons chocolate coconut macaroon imperial stout how did those flavor combinations come about um well we just wanted to make something that was chocolate and coconut and trying to have a theme to it um and i mean it's not i mean obviously based on the like the french like that kind of mac- macaron or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like the, you know, coconut cluster thing. Mm-hmm. They dip a, like a little bit of chocolate and done. That's kind of what we wanted to taste like. That so was I used, like toasted coconut in it and uh, yeah. uh, chocolate. So there you have it. <laughs> yeah. I, I had a hard time figuring that out. Macaroon versus macaron. The macaron <laughs> is like the French sandwich with like the meringue. Yeah, yeah. And the macaroon, which the best macaroon is at Disneyland at the Jolly Holiday Bakery, the Matterhorn macaroon. I'm just going to say that to anybody who wants to fight me on that. <laughs> yeah, it's delicious. I, that's really very good. It needs to warm up a little bit. It's been in the fridge all day. It's uh, got all the age on it, too. This is actually our fifth anniversary beer. So, Oh, um, so when is, your, when is your anniversary? Give me a little uh, date on that. January 15th. Okay, so we're, we're almost we're a year old on this. Oh, wow. Yeah. January 15th. Nice. You guys doing a big party for that? Yes. Will the county let you? <laughs> yeah. We're, you know, six beers, six seltzers, six bands. Got to do the sixth theme. No way. That's tight. I love it. <laughs> Who's playing? Headlining that one is Life for a Life, uh, which is like a hardcore punk band that hasn't played in a while. It sounds like uh, a hardcore band. I feel like you didn't have to explain it. <laughs> it just very much does. And uh, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, and it's also Harsh Reality uh, and Insanity, who's been here before, Heartthrob, uh, All Eyes, and uh, Triste. So it's like All six right. band, like hardcore show. Nice. Uh, and it's people I know who are going to really bring the thunder for it. So it's going to be a fun one. That's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, you better take that, that seven and a half percent off. Although I think a lot of hardcore people <laughs> are like, um, like straight edge, aren't they? Maybe not. I don't know. That, that scene I never really got super into. The music is cool, but. I, aren't a lot of hardcore like straight edge guys? Uh, well, I'd say this: like everyone takes their art really seriously. So, like all these guys, from what I've seen, everyone's goal is they want to make sure they have a good performance. Yeah. So everyone's taking it pretty easy until they're off stage. Uh, Fair. So I, I, I mean, in that, and I think everyone's pretty, for the most part, that everyone's drinking after that. But uh, okay. 
I know what you're saying. Fair. That's fair. Yeah, it's interesting, man, how how many people think that, like, you know, artists are just just dumb luck or aren't good at business or, you know, whatever. They're just having fun doing the thing. And I think maybe that translates a little bit to, to craft beer. Uh, my buddy is in the music industry. You know, he always used to say, um, you know, everyone thinks that, like, rappers, for example, are just they're just writing down rhymes and it's just sort of dumb luck or whatever. But like some of these people are like the smartest business people because they know, they know exactly how to get the best performance out to like push the brand or whatever. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, things aren't always what they seem, which is, I think is a lot of craft beer too, in a certain extent, like you don't really know the, the, how the passion kind of comes through, but the business acumen that you have to have to, to survive a thing like COVID to survive a low sales month or to know when to expand and when to do this and when to contract a little bit. Uh, I mean, did you guys take any business classes at all to sort of prepare you for this? Sarah's laughing. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> no. In, in that regard, uh, like our other business partner, Corey, uh, he's our CFO and runs the books here and he does a fantastic job. So we really appreciate the strength that he brings to the table. I'm much better with the, the creative and stuff like that, or just, you know, figuring out what the next thing to do is. Uh, but being grounded yeah. is very important and having, having that voice to, you know, bring you back to earth sometimes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> math isn't for everyone, dude. I hate it. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to deal with math. I would much rather be on the creative side of things. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I've been warming this beer up for a little bit in my glass. Um, and it's very good. It's very, very smooth. How old was this when it went in the bottle? A uh, couple weeks. Did it, did it get in tank aging? So probably like three weeks. Okay. Mm, probably a little more than that. Three, probably three or four weeks in the tank. Okay. Maybe, maybe a little bit longer than normal because it's so big. But. Yeah. Was it for uh, a certain time? Like, did you just bottle it and then sell it? Or were you aging it in the, in the, in the library, in the cellar for a little bit? Am I making sense? Uh, I, I hoard things. I okay. mean, <laughs> that was our anniversary release, but like uh, oh, I have right. bottles right. and kegs right. in the cooler that I just store for days. And uh, like, I think I need to go address it now because everything on my, like the, our special like barrel age list all just fell yeah, off. And it's like, well, it's let's colder. They're drinking it. <laughs> let's go yeah. see what else I got. I got, I got reserves. I just got to go in there and sift through and pick some new things. But I try to be a good collector. I, I think, think that's we're, cool. We're barrel aging some of it though. Oh yeah. That is yeah. right. Uh, this, it's got to be ready pretty soon. Then, yeah. Huh? Yeah. So, I guess we would check, check that. that. But we, <laughs> we have this in barrels. It, I don't, it doesn't have the coconut. So we were going to add the coconut at the end. Yeah. So it's fresh, but there'll be a barrel aged version of this I guess sometime next year. Yeah. Yeah. Look that up. I apologize. You, you, you did tell me it was your anniversary beer and I <clears throat> slipped my mind, but um, I, you know, I don't know, man. I think that's part of the cool part about being a brewer and owning a brewery is to have that seller to hoard all that shit. And then you pull it out later, and I I don't know maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I think that sort of speaks to to you know homebrewing roots a little bit. I like bringing it back there a little bit. It's a homebrew. I used to do that all the time. I still have like my first eight bottles of beer that I ever brewed <laughs> for no reason because you hoard that kind of shit. Uh, that, that's, it feeds that obsessive collective personality type <laughs> that I have. Like I don't know. You ever had a collection of comic books or whatever? Sure. It's yeah. Just, yeah, it's like that. It's like good. I got all the things. Like, yeah, <laughs> my collection was ex girlfriend. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I, <laughs> definitely, man, for sure, for sure. And then with beards, different, man, because like I, I, I have that need 
But then I also have like a value subset where it's like, am I going to be able to sell, sell this or make money on it or whatever? And so that, that sort of overrides a lot of my, a lot of my, um, my collecting, you know, demons, like star Wars toys or whatever the fuck it is. Right. Um, so I, I, I sent, I tend to like be ground myself a little bit on buying dumb shit, but I still have, <laughs> I still have a lot of dumb, a lot of dumb shit to collect too. So, um, <laughs> I, w- I would much rather prefer collecting beer, chocolate, coconut, macaroon, imperial stout. Yeah, that's good. That is very smooth. I realized I didn't really describe it too much. Is there a real chocolate in there? Yes. Where do you add that? Um, after fermentation, pretty much anything that's a flavor of any kind, like be it coconut or whatever, we, it's after. You're doing an after, okay. So that's it's flaked coconut. And it's like a chocolate extract. It's right? a chocolate extract that I use. That's from a like wow. a baking company, and it's it's just like distilled down chocolate basically uh, it's so it's not fake oh. or anything flavor. actually <laughs> yeah. i thought of the funny thing about that i we, we actually asked them once we're like hey do you sell the other breweries is this what's in southern tier chocolate and they're like we can neither confirm nor deny <laughs> <laughs> like it tastes a lot like it to me yeah <laughs> that's really good i would never have uh i would never have known it almost tastes like like a nib kind of thing too but uh i think that's just the the strength of the beer. Yeah. And that chocolate aroma is rad. God, I'd make brownies with this or some shit. That's, <laughs> it smells great. That's awesome. All right. This last oh, the beer. The cupcake shop uh, did that. Remember Nadia's? They made uh, cupcakes with it. Oh, really? One time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. See, I'm, so, uh... <laughs> I'm a genius, but Nadia's got there ahead of me. <laughs> Talk to her later. Uh, this last one is called Faith Healer, and it's Imperial Stout aged in Koval whiskey barrels. Let's give a shot of that uh, that label. Love it. Very cool. Uh, Koval whiskey is that a local whiskey producer? No, they're out of Chicago. Okay. Since we're Chicago natives, like there you go. Uh, I reached out to them. Uh, they live pretty close to one of our friends in uh, downtown Chicago. Um, so, and they were really receptive to like freighting me some barrels. Um, so we've kept up that relationship as their popularity is like grown. So they sell them to me like um, when they might not to somebody else because we have a kind of. A there you go. <laughs> you got to do it. But yeah. <laughs> Leverage anything you can. Ooh, wow. That smells. Um, that smells awesome. I need to let it just sort of like open up a little bit. <laughs> T- tell me a little bit about this beer. Um, Faith Healer. You want to? Uh, just basically trying to do a huge imperial stout. Uh was it, it was kind of Corey's. This is Corey. This baby. is our CFO Corey's yeah. idea. He wanted to do this. I guess it was supposed to kind of be our version of Black Tuesday. So kind of is just trying to do the brewery. Yeah, the okay. brewery, just like a, right. a, a big old like, or or uh, also like Bourbon County. So like either Black okay. Tuesday or Bourbon County. Like, not not the current versions. Well, <laughs> you can't get Bourbon County anymore uh, because. It's, <laughs> I'm not participating in that. Forget yeah. that. We gave them up years ago when everyone else should have too. Uh, so we got to make our own. <laughs> and actually, I think you'd say it's more Bourbon County than, than Black Tuesday, actually. Yeah, because we have some variants that we do of it too. Mm-hmm. Like um, we did a 
coffee one. We've done a cherry one. We've done a vanilla one. And then we did a toasted pecan one. Right. Ooh, yeah. That sounds delicious. <laughs> I remember. Was it good? How did that come out? Yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, good. Toasted pecan sounds great. Kind of like added a maple-y kind of thing because okay. pecans kind of just are like that. Wow. This, this aroma is insane. It keeps changing on me. Like I get like um, if you smell like a bag of cacao nibs where it's that that sort of a brighter, maybe like acidic aroma. I'm getting that a lot. But then it kind of shifts to like straight up like fresh tobacco leather, not tobacco leather, but tobacco and leather. Like pipe tobacco, like right from the mm-hmm. tobacconist, just bam. Yeah. Wow. That is a trip. A little smoky in the aroma. Coffee, like a very high cacao, high percentage chocolate bar. Yeah, it smells like I used to I used to be, you know, think I was cool and smoked a pipe for a long time, not a long time, but every once in a while. And like it smells like walking into that the pipe tobacco shop. Wow, what an amazing smelling beer. Let's give it a taste. What's the ABV on this? I can't I can't read it at this point in the night. Uh I think it's 13. I think, believe it's 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are we right? <laughs> yeah. Good, I guess right. <laughs> I know my own beers. Wow, that's intense. I, hopefully this isn't an insult. It tastes like a sweet tobacco thing. You get a lot of sweetness, but there's a smoky tobacco kind of essence that I find really appealing. I think a lot of that's from the barrel. Hmm. Yeah. Like, or at least that, that aspect of it. But you get the chocolatiness. I mean, that's from the beer, obviously. But like, I think some of the tobacco nuts are from, from the oak and what the whiskey did. I mean, those have to be in, insane barrels. How's that? How do you taste the whiskey along with the, the beer to see like, what picks up and like, what flavor aspects oh, yeah, we've, picked up? In we've it? gotten them separately. We're big fans of them, too. So, yeah, like I've got we've even got some of the special barrels uh, and I try to get all those, too. Mm-hmm. So we've got as you get more and more into beer, we're around beer all the time. So what do you do? You go home and drink whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, it almost, uh, it, it's almost getting like a, like a really high quality, <laughs> it's, just, it's just stupid, a really high quality uh, hot chocolate mix. <laughs> I don't know. Just flavor <laughs> profiles, man. You got to just, you got to put words to them at some point. But like, like powdered hot chocolate. I don't know what that is. Uh, maybe you can say a little like sweetness from the marshmallow kind of aspect. That's probably from the barrels as well. Yeah, that aroma is char is yeah. awesome. That is a very very great aroma. The beer is smooth, but there's still some heat to it. But it's not offensive. Like it's a little warming in the in the chest here, um, which I think is what you want from an imperial stout, especially when it's been aged in whiskey barrels. You want to feel some of that. I was just looking at the grain bill and remembering how hard it was to get the alcohol up that much. So geez, like I packed that thing out with like a bunch of DME, which is always like well <laughs> over. Yeah. And uh, there's some uh, dextrous in there as well, just cause I think I was trying to find a way to get points and there's malt gems, which is the, what the fuck are malt gems. Now uh, you're making things up, dude. <laughs> no, I, I, this great, I think great Western makes them, but they're mm. uh like you don't have to mill them. It's like a way to stuff more grain into your uh, to your mash tun without having it takes up less space. So there's a bunch of bags of that. Basically, I was trying to pack it out and get that many gravity points. Like nut, like malt nuggets. It's 
I mean, I can look it up. I don't know. We poured in like a, it's almost like the flaked barley. There's flaked barley and flaked oats in here too. And it's kind of like that, but it's not like flakes. It's uh, I'll look it up. I don't want to put you on the spot to like shill, you know, some (laughs) some we use all the time. Yeah. I just, I've never, I've never heard of it. Not much surprises me anymore uh, because I'm extremely online, but I've never heard that in my entire life. Malt gems. I'll check it out. Yeah. We just use them a few times. Okay. All right. All right. It worked. Sounds like. Yeah. Okay. I guess it's Brees. Brees has them. Yeah. This, I mean, this just, it smells like a very high quality chocolate with alcohol. All it across the spectrum, like, like your beers have been very aromatic, very descriptively aromatic. If that makes sense. There's a lot of the essence of the beer in the air, in the aromas. There's not, it's not just like a one note, like, oh, it's, it's just orange. It's very rounded. Yeah. We try to avoid using things that are like that, like not to throw them under the bus, but like Amaretti stuff always screams that to me, like these one note things that. Every brewery's got that sample pack. <laughs> they just like send it to you. Yeah. By the way, I just looked up what Mall Gems are just to be sure, but it's it's custom milled synergy select pills in from Brees that has the majority of the husk removed so you can fit more. Yeah, it kind of looks okay. like grape nuts almost. Okay. So they're doing to, to to grain what they did to hops, I guess. Hop pellets. Yeah. Yeah, sort of get the okay. Interesting, man. You gotta love innovation like that. Uh, all right, guys. Well, I think we'll let you go, but where can people go to learn more about Transplants Brewing? Uh, transplantsbrewing.com or on Instagram, it's Transplants Brewing or Transplants Venue. Okay. I love it. Matt, Sarah, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for sending all the beers. Uh, they were all great. I love them all. And I think I'm actually going to um, finish Crowler of IPA for the first time in my entire life. <laughs> thanks so much for having us please come yeah. come see yeah. us and have a beer and see a show sometime definitely absolutely i definitely will uh all right everybody thanks a lot for tuning in i really appreciate it and uh until next time we'll see you later